Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY. You can find me at tokyostationpens.com or on Instagram at tokyostationpens. And my name is Jacob and I am Fudafan on Instagram and I have a blog at fudafan.com. Hi Jacob, uh, always nice to be joined by you. Uh, this time it's just the two of us, uh, finally. It's <laughs> yes. much easier for editing, honestly. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. yes. Oh my god, editing four people is just uh, a nightmare. And actually, um, yeah, that weekend I was uh, away from Tokyo as well, so that made it even harder. But now we're back, just the two of us. But it doesn't mean that we have any less exciting news. Let's start with uh, new acquisitions, Jacob. Uh, these two weeks have been interesting for you, haven't it? You've got something quite special and unique that you even wrote a blog post about. Yes. Uh, so this is a fun one. So um, every once in a while, you know, you look through the sailor pen listings on Yahoo Auctions and Mercury, and you see this curious pen with this theta engraving, mm-hmm. and with, that looks like, like a bent clip. And the other day, our friend Leo posted a photo of one of those pens on Instagram, and uh, that inspired me to find out more about these pens, and in particular, what, what was this Theta? Because I had never heard about a you know Theta pen club. You know, it's mm. a club that we're not aware of. And it turns out, it turns out that it, this is uh, much weirder than that. So. First of all, these pens were released in 1996, which was Sailor's 85th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And Sailor first released uh, a limited edition Urushi pen, so a, a designed Urushi pen uh, with, with an exotic nib option. Mm. Actually, I think that was a bit of a tangent, but that was the first time they ever sold the crosspoint nib. So the Theta pen was the mm. first pen ever with a crosspoint nib. Didn't know that. And later on, in the same year, they released a more uh, standard-looking Profit Theta, which was basically a standard Sailor Profit with, with some, some Theta uh, uh, branding on it. And uh, it turns out, based on you know, the research I've done, you know, based on the blog post I found and saw, that the inspiration for these pens was something called Hado, which is this Japanese right. spiritual concept about healing waves and vibrations. And that was apparently something trendy and popular ba- back then. So Theta is not a pen club. Or there may have been some club called Theta as well, but Theta in this case refers to a kind of brain waves. So Theta waves. Mm-hmm. Which are associated with like deep meditation and relaxation. Uh, now, theta waves are actually a real thing. That is something you can measure. But the idea that theta waves are sort of have have healing effects, are that's where it gets a bit less scientific, I guess, mm-hmm. and that's where it go- becomes more of a spiritual thing. And so the question now is, what does this have to do with the pens? Well, so based on what I found online, Sailor apparently claimed that the nibs on these pens were treated by a Hado specialist. Okay. And as a result, because these nibs had gotten this special treatment, um, when you wrote with the pens, somehow it encouraged these theta waves to happen and it was very healthy for you. Okay. And there were even these claims about uh, improved immune defense. Mm. And, and I saw that mentioned in, in a few places. 
I could not find any official information from Sailor, and that is usually the case when you try to research, you know, about old Sailor pens. It's just very hard to right, find, hard. you yes. know, product documentation, and that is something that I think we mentioned that before. But Tsunami-san, in his book about Sailor, he says that Sailor has almost nothing in their archives back in Korea. So it is hard in general to find official information from Sailor, but all of these blogs seem to suggest that these pens were were a, a were inspired by this Hado movement and the, the, so the, 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 there's a spiritual uh, theme to these pens. Yeah, so actually uh, your blog is not the first time that I've seen a uh, Theta Club pen. Actually, I've handled one before because um, my girlfriend's grandfather who has unfortunately passed away a few years ago he owned a uh theta club pen oh really and so i i I never met him but uh once i went to her grandparents place out in kyushu and her grandmother handed me this pen and said you know my husband was using this pen uh and loved using this pen but um the cap was cracked so it would dry out so she wanted uh to have me fix it uh as kind of a memento uh mm. you know kind of like a memory of of her husband so i when i saw this pen you know the engraving is very very special i think and it, it's kind of cool yeah I mean, it doesn't mean anything but it's it's still it, it's a cool pen so um so I had brought this to the Manehitsubyoin, um, so Fountain Pen Hospital mm. in Japan, in, in uh, Nagasaki. And I asked the people there uh, what the story is. And as you said, they told me it's actually not a pen club at all. It's, uh, in fact, one of the anniversary pens. Mm. And the funny thing, Jacob, is that um, my girlfriend's grandfather was a doctor. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, those nibs fit onto modern pens as well. The one that I had was a small size, mm. uh, 1911. So I fit it in one of my spare 1911 bodies and sent it back. And, uh, and yeah, so those are, those are pretty nice, uh, nibs. As far as I could tell, uh, writing with it is exactly the same as a 1911. I, I would, I would say so too. I would say so too. Yeah. yeah there's no, I didn't. I didn't feel any any theta waves uh, when I wrote with them, but uh, there was there's at least three versions of this pen, I think. So so we have we have the anniversary one with Urushi, and then we have a large Prophet Theta, so so equivalent to Prophet Twenty One or Nineteen Eleven L in the US, and then we have the the, right. sm- the small one with a small fourteen K nibs. There may have been a small twenty one K nib too. Um, um, but yeah, you you still do find them online. What they usually have in common is that the cap finial is is in a bad condition, and 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 you can get them for a good price for that reason. Yeah, um, yours is in like a silicon, right? Exactly. Yeah, because the same thing happened to the one that I was uh, repairing. Is that the uh, finial broke off? Yeah. So I think there must have been some kind of production issues with the finial. That might be it, yes. Yeah. Yeah, on my side, I got um, actually two interesting pens, and they both happen to be Sailor as well. You know, it's really difficult because 
Uh, I love Pilot, but they're very boring. Um, so I don't find myself compelled to buy any Pilot pens.、Mm. But Sailor has these interesting bodies, and they do all these special designs, and I think that's a big, big part of the reason why. They have so many fans, especially overseas、yeah. as well. So,、um, you know, a few weeks ago, I had this Pentanoto Honto no Hosuzora, and it、uh, honestly, I forget what nib it came with. Some, but that—that's the—that's the sort of bright blue with with sparkles, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the bright blue with sparkles. Came with some、uh, some random nib, and.、Uh, oh yeah, it came with just a regular HM nib. So、mm. I, I stuck that nib in another pen. It's a different story, but I was、uh, prowling Yahoo auctions as one does in the evenings, of course. And I um, you find sometimes these like、uh, secondhand shops for some reason selling fountain pens on Yahoo auctions. Um, and I have no idea why, but they get these like. Basically, new new products,、uh, new inbox products, and and they put them up for less than retail price. Now, usually,、um, these pens are your standard run of the mill、uh, sailors.、Mm. Fine, they're kind of boring, but you can get them at less than standard price. So great. Occasionally, you'll get some naginatas, but they're usually the new version. Uh, regular standard naginatas, yeah, and so you know, fine as well. They usually list for you know, around the、uh, same, I would say, as as a retail price. And then this one was special because it's it is the new version nib which I like and I had actually been looking for,、mm. but um with a layered. Nib. So this is a cross point that I have here in my possession,、um, and when I saw it, I wasn't seriously expecting to win the bid. I just put in the bid, saying, "If I got it for this price, it would be a steal."、Mm. So I put in the bid.、Um, my bid was sixty thousand yen. These retail for seventy thousand yen, with tax that makes seventy seven thousand yen. Right, and then with shipping would be like seventy eight thousand yen or something. So I won this.、Uh, I won this this bid surprisingly,、um, shipped to my door for six thousand yen. Uh, yeah, sixty thousand yen. Which which is, is is still very 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 expensive, um, and I don't think I will be able to make too many uh purchases for myself、mm. in the coming months because this is an insane. Uh, purchase, but I have to say that this nib is is incredible. Now, I I think actually I may know why sometimes these、uh, secondhand stores get these、uh, these nibs because when I got this pen, it was in the box, it was wrapped in the plastic, you know, and the plastic was sealed, so you actually have to you know tear it up,、mm. apart, tear it apart. And I pulled the nib out, and、um, if you've never pulled a sailor nib out, you might not know. But on the feed, there's a part that is、um, there's an elevated part, 
and then in the nib there's a notch to key in the nib and the feed so you know exactly the um, the how do I say it? the orientation of the nib and the feed when you stick it back in right so uh, on this one the notch was not cut perfectly oh. and so there's a bit uh, of gold left that was protruding into the notch that uh, you can't uh, stick you, or you can't key in the the nib properly mm. um, so you know I just took a dremel and I fixed the, the notch so it's fine as one would do yes as <laughs> one would do it's a natural reaction um, but not only did I notice that I noticed that when I fit this nib into my Rialo the tines would would be uh, a bit separated, which indicates to me it indicates to me that the feed is not married to the section properly. So the feed is pointing a bit upwards. Uh, so I just heat set it, and you know that was a uh, problem solved. And also, uh, there were a little minor um, adjustment issues for this nib, so. You know, I, I just fixed them and uh, went about my day. But there were clearly some imperfections with this nib, and I think that's why uh, these shops do get them in. Um, but I knew what I was going to do with this nib uh, if I had won the bid anyways. Mm. So for me, um, it was not so big of a, an issue. So, so do you think these were some kind of factory seconds that that sailor had had you know sold through other channels? So, and did the auction listing mention this at all? No, the auction listing didn't mention this because the pen it was in, it would it would have been fine, mm, okay. but I see. um not with the other sailor pens. And uh, with this particular pen, I I swap in my nibs all the time, so I know that there's nothing wrong with the section. Mm. But it's it's not uh it's not so big of a deal when it comes to the bigger picture, and uh, the important thing is now that I have a um, cross point. Now, I always thought that the cross point was a double layered naginata. Is is that what you had uh, understood as well? I have never looked too closely at the cross point. I wasn't sure actually. Yeah. So. Um, so I always thought that was a double-layered naginata uh, with the same grind, but um, but with you know two layers, so it's mm. bigger. I have since come to realize that the angle at which the cross point, the the tipping is slanted, is different. So the cross point is slanted at about a forty-five degree angle. Which is actually how I grind my naginatas. Um, the Sailor Factory naginata is a bit more uh, flat, like a, mm. I would say, um, like the undershape of a of a boat. So, um, I would say it's more at a you know, twenty five seventy five angle. Oh, I see. Um, you know, obviously it depends on the the nib um, and. Who had ground the nib, but uh, generally I've found that to be the case. So, using this cross point is, uh, to me, very reminiscent of using one of my own naginatas. Um, 
And also the way that the nib is ground. Um, and I, I got in the BS uh, nib and studied it a bit as right. well. But I've noticed that the way that this nib is ground is by shaping the t- um, the tipping inwards mm. towards the slit. So you get a sharp um, edge, kind of like an architect, at the slit. Right, right, right. But when I look at sailor um, tipping, it depends on, obviously, the person that ground it, and it depends on the size. Mm. But perhaps the NB is ground actually not uh, shaping towards the slit, but shaping outwards from the slit to the top. But so this pen, if I understand correctly, this is this is their from their new bespoke line. So this is potentially a post Nagahara model. Yes, right? I would say that this is most certainly a post uh, Nagahara model mm. because that ties into the price. Also, I think both of us were with much interest following watching another auction for an older crosspoint or possibly uh, yes. cross music and that one which was probably either a junior or even maybe even senior nagahara that one went much higher so i wonder if there is just less interest from the collectors in these uh, newer newer versions because their potential they have less you know historical significance perhaps well I, I would say that one, they're still possible to buy at the retail store, so mm. there's no rush. Right. Um, and second, actually, um, I saw the Crosspoint um, Theta Club, and that went for some crazy amounts of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that we saw, I think, also should be a a senior grind mm. um, by the looks of it. Yeah, those, well, you know, the man passed away, so yeah, yeah, yeah. can't get any more of those. So I I guess that's why mm. um some people like to collect the different generations, and I'd imagine for this, you know, you for those kind of collectors, you walk in a store and you buy it off retail. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So one one thing that I want to try with the snib on uh on the audio recording is I want to he- see if you can hear the sound that it makes. So, um. Can you hear me writing? Yes. Okay. So normally when you write, that, that's the sound it makes. I think that's the sound that lots of fountain pens make. Yeah. So that's me writing at the normal angle. If I hold it a bit low and I kind of swipe my wrist across the paper. Do you hear that? It kind of has a singing. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Right there, right there, right there. So when I do that, it actually spurts the ink out because of the vibrations in the time and the ink kind of splashes out in this uh if you've ever used a folded nib that's exactly how the mm. ink looks like so i find it interesting that i can use this uh pen kind of semi like a folded nib as well that's great and also this nib this nib ab- absolutely devours the ink that i have in this uh this poor Rialo. the Rialo's um Capacity is not so high to begin with, but this this nib is an absolute monster at 
drinking ink. So does this mean you're going to be using uh, this nib for your your ink swatches, your your new your ink cards from now on? No, that is uh, exclusively for my one four nine. Um, I want all the swatches to be uniform and identical, right. so that there's a point of reference. Makes sense. Yeah. So that's the first pen that I got in. Uh, the second pen that uh, I got in was from um, Nagasawa Kobe. So after our little um, Sailor Plus episode, I got a bit paranoid. And uh, uh, I decided, you know, I've got to buy these store exclusives. We don't know when they're going to end. So um, I went on Nagasawa's uh, website, I contacted them, and I said, hey, do you have the uh, fire department series that you did last year still in stock. And they said, yes, we have F and EF. Which one do you want? So I took the EF. Uh, I have no intentions of using that nib. Um, so if you if you want to buy an EF uh, sailor nib, let me know. It's the large size. But the fire department um, release is a Riallo. And it's a red, kind of a very subtle um, shimmers. Uh, glitter in the body with transparent cap and piston knob to kind of remind mm. of uh you know of the fire de- um fire trucks lights uh when they're shining you know, the kind of wee woo wee woo and then uh, right. they have they have those uh I, I don't know what they're called but then you know kind of the alarm lights uh so so i got that in the interesting thing about Nagasawa is that even though it's a domestic customer, I could use PayPal Ooh. to pay. So so I used my PayPal credit rather than transfer my cash. That was really, really nice. And um, I've swapped it in with one of my uh, Fude nibs uh, that I made. It used to be, it used to live in one of my Franklin Christophs, but now it's in the reality really it's it's come home as well as an emperor tab so i stuck in the emperor tab and i plated the emperor tab um rhodium nice i don't know if there are any rhodium emperor tabs have you seen any of those no i i I probably associate that with, with with gold trims yeah yeah i've only seen it with uh with gold so um, if any of the listeners out there have seen Rhodium uh, Emperor tabs, uh, do let us know. Uh, we'd like, you know, it would be interesting to to see uh, because most of the time we see it in gold. It's a, a, a bit of a tangent there, but it's not clear to me what pens came with that Emperor tab in general and why. Because every once in a while on a second hand market, we see standard like medium nibs and fine nibs with Emperor tab. And I, it doesn't make sense to me, but I'm wondering if there's some some story there that hasn't been told. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's, it's honestly quite strange to me because uh, Sailor had already put so much emphasis on the feed design. I'm not sure if we talked about this before. I think we have, but um, reading Ross Stutler's blog, uh, he had talked to one of the the NIM masters um, at Sailor, and uh, he was informed that these feeds were designed specifically to optimize the ink flow from the end of the cartridge uh, or the end of the converter mm. 
into into the feet and into the nibs. So if you look at um, sailor feet designs, it's actually very very different from uh, the standard feet designs, mm. and uh, and it has a lot of uh, holes and openings and you know airways and, and stuff like that. It's quite a um, complex uh, feed. So you know that being said, there's already so much optimization for for flow yeah. in sailor's feed. Why would you need to further optimize flow for a a nip point? You know, as you said, medium refined. I think that if you think about how Pelican does it, um, because their nibs are so wet, they tune their inks to be dry, right? Um, but sailor inks are wet; their feeds are wet. Mm. Wouldn't you rather make the nib a bit drier so that it can write on? Um, all sorts of different paper. For me, it, it it it's just a strange thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So our next topic. Yeah, let's go to news. So we have some uh some interesting news, Jacob, and I think um uh, to me, obviously the content is is interesting, but the source is also really really <laughs> funny. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, why don't you talk about who was leaking uh, this stuff? So uh, that was, if I remember correctly, that was in Nagahara. He posted on Instagram, and I, I don't know where he got the information from. If if it was meant to be confidential, but we know from um, from before that Nagahara he did his own custom. Um, sailor converters he cut them to be short enough to fit in the sailor mini size pens right. and apparently sailor decided to make do their own factory made mini size converters and he was so excited about that that he posted that on instagram and it may have been a bit sooner than sailor would have liked yes so what i heard was that this announcement was supposed to um, go out uh, I think early August I want to say mm. um, and I I know that uh, yeah Sailor probably didn't want this to, to come out so early <laughs> right. but um, tell us this background the story uh, of these uh, these mini converters so I don't actually know that much. I know that he made them himself, mm-hmm. uh, because again he wanted com- he wanted to use converters with his with the mini size pens, and the standard converters don't fit because it, it the pen is too short, right? So he he was cutting parts of the converter to make it fit. Yes, and uh, and there there are a bunch of people who are doing this also mm. in um. In Hong Kong uh, is is where I know, um, but uh, for example, um, Pactagon is also doing it in the states. Mm. Uh, so so there were some people doing the mods by themselves. In fact, I have one right in front of me. Uh, the the way that he did it is he cut the um, knob mm. so that uh, even when it's fully extended. 
it won't uh the the little piston rod inside doesn't protrude over the knob right but at the same time the knob has been shortened mm. and it's very clearly cut because he didn't cut it uh flat yeah we, we, we saw one yesterday and it was pretty clear that that's not factory made <laughs> yeah but then also on top of that jacob uh now i'm unscrewing oh shit uh i'm gonna cut that off the the recording on top of that i believe that he was also shortening the body of the converter as well mm. as far as uh, i understood so i think one way that you can kind of diy this is by cutting the threads shorter so you can just cut off a, a chunk of threads Ooh, so um i see in case anybody is unaware of how sailor converters work uh on the the end of the converter there's this uh, metallic piece that's holding everything together. So you can unscrew that metallic piece. Mm. And once you unscrew it, uh, your piston kind of um, knob comes out. And there's a piston rod in here. And it's held together by a piston connector. You pull the piston connector out. And you can see that there are threads that uh, screw into the, the, the metallic part. You can, and yes, I, I can see that he's done that here. But you can um, cut short the threads. So just cut a chunk of threads off and then stick everything back together and you'll have a shortened converter. Mm. Yeah, so, so some people were doing that. But in Japan, Nagahara popularized it and there were only, uh, I think, just a select few stores that you can buy them from uh, if you weren't buying them from Nagahara himself. But then that that page, that flyer with this announcement that he that he posted, it had some other announcements too. I'm not not sure if, if he even realized that, but there was something about um, cartridges too, right? Yeah. So um, there's a there's this um, blank cartridges, mm. blank cartridges that you can refill with syringes i don't think the syringe is uh is included but i think there's sets of blank cartridges um jacob i think this is this is quite interesting because they're clearly listening to the domestic market Mm. uh when it comes to this lots of people uh in japan apparently and this this absolutely baffles me but they prefer to use cartridges right because it's it's uh, easier, no fuss. They don't have to think about it. You just pop the cartridge in. You're ready to to play. But all the interesting inks are in bottles, right? Yeah. So I think two things. I'm not so sure that actually because the interesting inks are in bottles, therefore. They, they, uh, the customers want to buy interesting bottles but cannot, mm. and so they, they develop this product. I don't know if it's that, or Sailor has made a bunch of interesting inks in bottles that they cannot sell to the majority of, uh, or the, uh, a, a large group of, uh, of Japanese, uh, fountain pen users. So, mm. in order to sell the bottles, they have to sell these cartridges. 
But but if this is what we think it is, then it's definitely a niche product, right? Yes. Because uh, because it's, yeah, yes, yes. I yes. mean, if there's a lot, there's more work using these empty cartridges. For first of all, I mean, at least based on 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 the the page we saw. Uh, what Sailor is selling alone doesn't have everything you need. So you need to go to down to like Syria or Daiso and buy a syringe with a blunt needle, right? Yeah. And then uh, so you fill it up and that's fine. But then uh, if you want to change inks, then you need to clean them. Or maybe the idea here is that you buy so many of these empty cartridges that you, you dedicate one cartridge to one ink and you never need to fully clean them, in which case there will be you know less work, less maintenance, I guess. But um, still, it seemed like such a niche product. Yeah, I think this, uh, I was thinking earlier because, you know, uh, most people are using cartridges mm. in Japan. Um, and when I say most people, actually just, you know, your daily uh, random average Joe who's using a fountain pen at work because he received it as a graduation present or something like that. Yeah. They're using cartridges. Um, so I thought maybe it would have targeted them, but maybe it's it's specifically targeting the ink tenumas who are also afraid of bottled ink. Or who want to travel with uh, with a bunch of different little inks um, when they go somewhere without bringing the entire bottle? That could be the case. But if you're afraid of bottle ink, then and using a, a syringe with a blunt needle doesn't seem to make things less scary, right? And it still seems like such a niche product to me because it's it's very different to use, you know, a, a factory made cartridge full with ink. You stick it in, you, you write, and you're done. You throw it away. That's very different right. from buying an empty cartridge and separately buying a syringe, filling it up, and then potentially cleaning it. That, that, that's, that goes very deep into you know, the enthusiast land. Yeah, I, I don't know. The, the sailor confuses me. Yeah, they, they tend to do that. They tend to do that. So, um, we, we have... Uh, more leaks. This time, not from uh, not from Nagahara himself, mm. but uh, we had a string of leaks from, I believe, uh, Chinese vendors. Um, the reason why I say this is because uh, these posts originally appeared in the Chinese-speaking um, Facebook groups, mm. uh, and two things. The first is the Kure Azure. I, I don't think this is actually a leak. Uh, I think this was just announced. Um, Kure is the uh, the place where actually Sailor is based yeah. out in um, out in Hiroshima. So I had ne- I had never heard of this cocktail before. I didn't know that there was a cocktail uh, called Kure Azure. Um, and I'm looking on. Google, and it doesn't seem like anybody else knows that there's a cocktail called Kure Azure either. Mm. Or maybe I, I might be spelling it uh, incorrectly or something. But I, I'm trying to look, and, and there's nothing. What this suggests to me is that the Kure Azure may be the last cocktail series. And I'm not sure if the cocktail series matters as much today when everyone is selling their own colorful store exclusives. I, I think it made more sense before when you could buy a, a 
a black pen or a dark brown pen or a cocktail pen. Or, yeah, or a burgundy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, just a bit of background story about the cocktail series. It started 10 years ago, uh, the cocktail series, with first the Asian Way. I think the Asian Way is still the only uh, pen in the cocktail series that is a um, profit shape, so 1911 mm. round uh, Um So that was 10 years ago. And since then, they've released these different pro gears that are uh, very, very highly sought after. Um, some, for example, like the Tequila Sunrise, mm. people really, really like that. Blue Lagoon is, uh, is something that's uh, really, really sought after. Uh, it's... It's a very popular series, not just uh, overseas, but also uh, in Japan. And so you have really these these beautiful, and as you say, unique pens, the Mojito, uh, you know, Piccadilly Night. I think those are all fantastic, fantastic pens. Um, the, actually, Brad Dowdy and, uh, and Mike uh, were talking about this in the last episode too, but they were saying, you know, wouldn't it get uh, some random collectors you know, go and hunt down all 10 of these? Well, now you can. Right. Because uh, Sailor is celebrating the 10th anniversary by releasing a set of all 10 pens uh, together. Of course, it costs a fortune, but not as much as if you were to hunt down each pen individually. Right. And it's only available to order from um, from basically, I think, the end of this month to next month. So if you don't have any of these pens, but you really, really want them, you should order the set because it's the, it's the most affordable way that you'll be able to get all 10 pens. But that's also why I think this Kure Azure is going to be the last one. So, do, do you think that this set will only be sold in Japan, or have you heard anything suggesting that it will be available elsewhere? I have heard uh, from some uh, pen friends in the States that it will be available uh, to order through retail in the States, Okay, but what they do not know is the pricing. The price, of course, yeah. That could be so, a shock. <laughs> yeah. Th- th- there should be a significant markup mm. in terms of this, because huge pen oh and these are also made to order so you cannot just uh you cannot just walk into the shop and buy them mm. um the shop has to order them for you and maybe some shops will order multiple so that they can just have some in stock but these will not last right that makes sense yep um but yeah i think uh you know, they're they're nice pens the Curazer is also coming out as a single release uh which will be the normal limited uh, run release. So you can buy the Cruiser alone mm. or you can buy it as part of the set. Do, do, do you know what nibs it comes with? Is it just fine medium, medium or can you get some, some kind of zoom or something like that? Uh, so for the regular single edition, you can get all, all, the, all the nibs. Okay. But for the set, you can choose between fine uh, MF and F. Uh, sorry, uh, F... MF and M. Okay. So that, that, fine, that sounds fine, conservative. Medium, and medium. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, then it comes in this nice display case. Sounds good. Okay. 
Next topic. We are still on Sailor. Yes. Um, because Sailor is running all these events recently, and they are running. Uh, they they ran actually yesterday this um Ink Studio Day. Mm. So you were there first. Why don't you uh, run us through this uh, Ink Studio? Yeah. So so um. Shosaikan in Aoyama, which, by the way, is probably one of the most beautiful retail stores uh, in Japan, they had they had invited Sailor's Ink Blender Ishimaru-san to do his ink studio thing. And the, the the concept is that you go there and you describe an ink that you want, and he will blend it for you. So, um, and then so he makes an ink just for you, and he will not sell that to anyone else. So that's the concept. We were a bit worried that the event would get cancelled because uh, of, of COVID reasons, but they decided to, to, to do it as planned with various precautions. So, yeah, I went there around 11 or just after 11. And um, I my goal, what I wanted is to make sort of a sailor version of uh, Tag's Keshimurasaki. So Tags right. Kishimurasaki is this beautiful sort of grayish blue purple wonderful shading but it's incredibly dry. Right, right. So I wanted a, a an ink that looked kind of like the same but had the you know the ink flow properties of a, a sailor ink. So I tried to explain what I wanted without explicitly mentioning that ink. So I said I wanted yeah, I, I wanted a you know a grayish dismuted um, and blue, uh, blue purple, and um, he he made the first version, and I thought, can can you can you put a little bit more gray here, a little bit more 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 blue, and eventually uh, he made a um and and blend that I really liked. Mm. And then once you get what you want, he he's gonna he makes one bottle uh, like fifty milliliters, I guess, and he uses the old yep. uh, vase bottles. Right, and then uh, you, you pay two thousand yen for that, and you also get in that, in in the package, you get a card with a serial number, and that, that serial number is the unique number for your ink. So if you want another bottle of the same ink, you can take that card and bring um, to another ink studio event, and he he he's going to be able to make the same ink again in theory. But the problem is getting to these ink studio events because they're yes. not so common, are they? They're not so common and they're usually incredibly popular. I think we talked about that before, but they usually are, are, are it, you know, when they open for reservation, they, uh, all, all the slots are filled in, in no time. So I think uh, this time it was just because of the, the, the virus situation that they didn't have, they weren't fully booked. So, so the whole thing was a very fun experience, and not just because you know getting your own unique ink, but also to get a chance to, to talk to him. Because I mean, just like Nagahara, this guy Ishimaru has a lot of um, knowledge and experience, and it's fun to get a chance to, to ask him questions. So, for example, I asked him about you know the the standard you know hundred inks ink studio line if there's any kind of meaning to the numbers, and he said that. No, there's no... Well, internally at Sailor, they might have a numbering system that they're not going to reveal, but the whole point is that they're not meant to have a meaning. You're meant to make up your own meaning. Right, right, right. Um, But uh, I've read on Macchiato Man's blog, and I think he has a point. There's clearly some kind of pattern 
there. And that's what uh, Ishimaru-san was hinting at too, that, you know, internally at Sailor, you know, we may have a system, but we're not going to tell you, basically. But you, you, you shouldn't think of this these numbers as meaningful. You should make up your own meaning. Right, that, right, that, right. that was his point. Another thing I asked him about was iron gold inks, because I, I, I'm personally at the moment into iron gold inks. I was asking, you know, are you... Um, what are your thoughts on iron goldings? Do you make them? You know, would it make sense to make them? And he said that when when he joined Sailor, and I did not ask when that was, but back in the day when he joined Sailor, he said he he did or Sailor did iron goldings. And the reason why they stopped is is as everyone knows, it's more high maintenance. But also the other point he made was that nowadays people want more vivid, more colorful inks and. Because of the nature of iron gold inks, that they get you know dark and more muted over time, and that is not at least now what it what is popular. So that was another another interesting bit of information from him. The third thing was what I asked them um, what paper he would su- suggest, especially if you have an ink like Sailor One Two Three, and if you want to really show off this ink in its full glory, what what paper would you recommend? And I asked, you know, would that be Tomer River? And then he said, Tomer River is fine. Uh, there are two other papers that, that I would recommend over Tomer River. The first one is Noldrefil, which, as we talked about before, is not... It's awful. It, well, it's synthetic paper. It, it's meant for shampoo labels, but, but it happens to have interesting uh, ink properties. And But it's not really for long-form writing. Um, so that's one. The other one, interestingly that he recommended over Tomo River was bank paper. He said, you see the shading better, especially this, you know, chromo shading, you see that better on bank paper. That was his... That's interesting. His opinion. That's interesting. One last thing that that I asked him about was going back to Sailor 1, 2, 3. I mean, can I ask you to make like a chromo shading ink like that? And he said... Whenever we make an ink like that, it's completely by accident. We we don't. I don't know what makes an ink have that property. I I, I cannot do that on demand. Hmm. So so Sailor One Two Three is a happy accident. Yeah, and um, I asked him too. I wanted a uh, not necessarily a multicolor, uh, you know, kind of mm. promo ink, but I asked him. If he can make an ink with uh, with Halo, ah yes, and he said, uh, basically, I don't know how to do that. Mm. Um, so it, it's all up to chance. Yeah, which which was a uh, kind of awkward, I think. Um, basically, he was able to tune, I guess, uh, wetness, mm. color, and maybe to some extent shading. But you can't ask for something that's not like physically possible. Right, right, right. Makes sense. So, what ink did you get? Um, so I got this pale pink uh, color that shades well, and actually, in the end, it did have the um a bit of the halo that I wanted. Mm. So I'm I'm happy with the ink. Haven't decided what to call mine yet, though, because he he asked me, you know, what what do you want to call your ink? And I said, oh, God, I haven't thought that far yet. Because mm. um, I think that the name of the ink comes to you when you actually, you know, use right. the ink. So, you know, I hadn't, hadn't thought that far yet. Can you give me a moment? And he said, sure. And then so he goes on making my ink. Apparently, 
took him like 30 seconds to make the ink. And I was there sitting for like five minutes thinking, you know, thinking to myself, <laughs> looking at my phone. And then I realized he's been looking at me for five minutes. And I'm like, oh, were you waiting for me? He's like, yeah, I'm waiting for you. And I was like, oh, okay, then let's uh, let's not go with the name first. And then next time I come to you, I'll tell you what the name of the sink is. So uh, so that was that. So my turn took about just uh, 10 minutes. Mm. Yeah, mine took a little bit longer, um, but that was sort of my fault because I, I talked to him so much when he was making the ink that he made a mistake once. And then I was told by Shosaika and staff, can you be a bit more quiet when he's making the ink? Sorry. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it, it was it was quite fun. It was quite fun. Mm. Uh, overall, um, I was in a bit of a later uh, time period than you, so we had lunch and uh, were really able to. I uh, was really able to understand how it all worked. Right. Um, but it was uh, it was interesting. There were actually a lot of customers when I was there. Really. Yeah, there were at least uh, three groups, four groups. When I went there, it was just me and Keiko at first, and then it was there were two other people, but it was almost almost empty. Yeah, but I think you went in the you know when they just opened, yeah. so that's probably why as well. But yeah, so that was uh that was very very fun. Um, I haven't actually inked any pens with my new ink yet, but I have to do that. And I also uh very fortunately uh got some of yours and Keiko's inks to to test. Yes, yes. So I'll be swatching those. Um so your ink, Jacob, you've decided it's uh it's Yes. Name? So so this I guess might tie into to the next thing we're going to talk about, but we went to Bungbox afterwards, right? And we we can talk about, yes. you know, the Bungbox announcements later, but but we we went there and we talked to Kaoru who is always so d- delightful and friendly. And we showed her our inks and she looked at my ink and then she quickly walked over to the table where she had her own ink samples and she said, that's Sakanamachi Horoyoi. Yeah. Um, for, for those people who don't know this ink, do you want to give them a little background? There's some kind of... So there's a town in um, in Shizuoka, right? And it has something to do with with the Tokugawa, I can't remember what the story is, but I think they have some kind of a Matsuri festival when people get oh. a bit tipsy, and and that's what the name where the name comes from. Yeah, yeah, and um, and what color is this ink? So this is so Sakanamachi Horoyo is. I guess it's not so much blue. It's more of a. It's more of a um, like muted purple but there's a little bit of blue bluish undertones especially on on certain papers right so so we we did did a, a sample of my ink and and sakanamashi horoyoi side by side and i had to admit that they, they do look not exactly the same but very similar so i i seem to have unintentionally cloned one of her most popular inks yeah it's it's one of definitely bungbox's most popular inks in japan mm. Um, it's kind of a light purplish, yeah, as you say, gray purplish, mm. uh, ink. I mean, it, it, it's cool ink. If those inks weren't so darn expensive, I'd probably have a few bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 
But yeah, that was a uh, that was funny. So your your ink's name is so 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 recognizing the similarity, I, I named named it Harajuku Horoyoi in in homage to Bangbox. Excellent, excellent. So then uh, I'll update uh, the listeners on what I name my ink next time. Sounds good. Okay. Um, speaking of Boombox, then there we learned a lot from Boombox yesterday. Yes. Kind of unexpectedly, because we didn't plan on going to Boombox, but it's there. So when you go to to Shosaikan, you kind of just drop by Boombox yeah. as well. Why not? Yeah, we went there, and Kaoru was there, and because there was bad weather, and because of the um, virus infection numbers are pretty high now, it, it wasn't very crowded. We were the only people in the store so uh, at that time, so yeah, we, we had a very pleasant conversation with her, and we ended up learning a few things about upcoming releases, and just to preface this to say, but we actually got permission to, to talk about this, so we're not leaking any confidential bomb box information. But they are going to release two new pens in August, right? Two new sailor pens. Um, what were the names again? Um, so I think uh, who is the Kaoru, she's the uh, owner mm. of uh, bomb box, I think. Um, I think she's a ink numa. Yeah. So she's a super super ink fan, and she she um, was along with Kingdom Note one of the first to popularize these store exclusive inks. Mm. And so she made this entire line of inks, and then she said, "Why not make pens inspired from these inks?" Yeah. So she. Uh, decided that this year um, the these two pens would be after the the colors um, sanctuary blue mm. and omotesando blue and these are sale I can't remember are they profit 21s or pro gears no these two are pro mm. so the pricing of, of these pens sanctuary blue will be 39,000 Japanese yen and Omotesando Blue will be 35,000 Japanese yen. We learned from, from her that uh, these would have some kind of uh, Daden decoration um, on the finials, at least. Mm. So this suggests to me that Sanctuary Blue will have more Daden yeah. uh, in, the, in the design of the pen uh, versus Omotesando Blue. But Omotesando blue is also a very, very um, bright blue. I think that's a more popular blue, mm. whereas Sanctuary blue is more like a uh, greenish blue-black. Mm. Uh, so um, these pens will come out uh, August 30th. So, you know, really at the end of, uh, of August, and these will be pro gears. Um, that's not the only pen that's going to come out. Right. Because the the month after that, we're going to have the um, a special kind of Swedish-inspired pen, she said. And that's where it gets a bit 
that's where we I think we know less. She, she, she was a bit more secretive about that particular pen uh, because I think she thought that revealing the name would also reveal much more about you know what, what, what the concept is. So we don't actually know much about that pen. But then yes. going beyond September and toward the end of the year, I think that's when we might see may possibly be the most interesting one box release this year um so uh sh- she mentioned this uh this mysterious pen in uh at in september so that's obviously very interesting mm. um there's going to be another pen uh i don't think this is actually a bung box pen it i think it's a tips pen mm. this tokyo international pen show uh, pen that they 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 asked Sailor for. So last year they did the um, the Magic Palace, which was fantastic. I personally really really liked that pen. But that was still um, a a Bong Box pen, but it was the Tips exclusive, right? It, it was sold by Bong Box. Ah, okay, okay. So maybe this time it's it's the same. Yeah, you're right. Um, this year the model will be a. Pro Gear Mini. So not the Pro Gear Mini Slim, but the fat Pro Gear Mini. And that's what I think a lot of people will get excited about because Sailor, you know, back in the day sold these, you know, fat minis. Uh, they haven't sold them for a while now. So they recently, uh, they have sold the Slim Minis for a while. So we know that uh, Nagasawa has sold various Slim Minis and more recently Bongbox and also Sailor have had slim minis in their standard production line but fat minis it's been a while i think um there's a there are some in the states but uh in some random different solid colors oh really yeah, yeah. but uh but yeah you're right it, it's hard to find it's even hard to find on the uh auction sites and the merikaris so they're not so common mm. let's say so so sh- she will be making a run of these for um, Tokyo International Pen Show. Speaking of Tokyo International Pen Show, though, um, I think it's pretty much been decided that there will be no foreign vendors mm. at Tokyo International Pen Show, um, and it will be a uh, you, you'll have to order tickets in advance in order to go in, and there will be some kind of limitation to how many people can be in the in the um, space at a time so you can't stay there for the whole day you'll have to uh, be there for your i don't know one hour or 30 minutes or mm-hmm. whatever and then just do your shopping and leave which so which is similar yeah. to what the retail the various retailers are doing today and it's also similar to what wagner did with with their with their pen trading event i think that is just a sign of how things are going to be going forward and i think um Another upcoming event is this uh, Inkunuma, right? And they're going to do this pretty much the same thing, I believe. So you need to make a reservation. You can only, only be there for a finite amount of time. Yeah. Uh, and actually, Inkunuma did that last year too, so... Yeah, but, but oh, yeah, that's true. For, yeah. for a very different reason, but yeah, that's true. Yes. <laughs> yes. They, they did that last year, but um, this year, I imagine that uh, there'll be much less tickets, so... Um, will be very, very much, we have to be more competitive in terms of grabbing the tickets. Yeah, I'm sure there will still be fist fights over Tamiya bottles. 
Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, so go, um, going back to Bongbox, yeah. at least to me there was one more interesting thing that she said, and that is that they she's working or they're working on an English version of the website, so it's going to be mm. easier for uh, people overseas to order pens from Bongbox because it's not entirely obvious how to do that today. Right. Um, and so she she mentioned that. Uh, they're trying to release it within this month, I think she said. Mm. Yeah, so it will be easier for everybody to to go on the Bungbox site and uh, and to understand what's there. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then lastly about Bungbox, um, we, she was supposed to host a um Nagahara kind of nib pen clinic. Uh, next week, yeah. and we were supposed to get the Nagahara Blue Black. Yes. Um, that event has been cancelled. Uh, and yeah. y- y- just just to be clear, only the part in Tokyo has been cancelled. So Nagahara is still uh, traveling around Japan and doing pen clinics. And just after Tokyo, he is going to Bongbok's other store in Hamamatsu. In Shizuoka, and that is still happening. So he's just not going to Tokyo, and that <laughs> apparently that was uh, um, also his his daughter told him yeah. not to not to go to Tokyo. Yeah. So um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Tokyo is the most densely populated city in the world, and um, let's say that uh, corporate culture here demands a lot of face time so you know even for my company we're going into the office you know three times a week last week i was in there four days a week and so um the trains i found to not be uh let's say i don't think that there are less people taking the train i don't have the statistics so i don't know but when i'm on the train i I see crowded trains. It's not like the sardine cans anymore, but it, it's it's certainly not safe. Nobody's distancing. Even yesterday, yeah, it's almost back to almost back to pre-COVID yeah. levels. Yeah, when we went out to Omotsando, there were tons of people out in Omotsando. Um So it's it's not so. Let's say. Uh, I don't feel that governments or companies are taking this seriously and uh, people are still uh, going out. Obviously, we were going out too, so you know, n- nothing really that we can say about that. But um, people are going like shopping and like, you know, ha- just window shopping as well mm. rather than uh, having a very specific destination, going there and then going home. Mm. And as a result, uh, there is a spike in cases. We've actually recorded the most number of cases in Japan yesterday uh, since we've started to record cases uh, in Tokyo. Particularly is bad. I think about a third of the cases are from Tokyo. Yeah, I think, I think so too. And and uh, many of them are young people. Many of them are related to uh, uh, evenings and bars and uh, hostess clubs and things like that. Yeah, I think like some crazy thing like eighty percent are are in their twenties and thirties. Yeah. 
something crazy like that. So, you know, it's pretty bad. And, uh, and Chen was supposed to have this, uh, go to campaign where they, um, where they kind of encourage, uh, domestic tourism and the other prefectures are saying people from tokyo don't come so his bad. daughter <laughs> yeah it's totally fair I, I totally agree with that and his daughter uh you know nagahara is not a young man so his daughter really um begged him not to come to tokyo anywhere but tokyo so um apparently she she was uh, crying and saying you know dad please don't mm. go uh, to Tokyo, go go to the other ones, but you know, don't go to Tokyo. And uh, Bungbox told us that they their main store, as I um said previously, is uh was headquartered in Hamamatsu, mm. and they had customers in Hamamatsu, which is in Shizuoka, it's a different prefecture, saying that if Nagahara is doing the Tokyo event, then I don't want to go to the Hamamatsu one because I'm afraid that I will get uh infected. Right, right. So that's fair. It's uh, it's unfortunate. I had this um, 14k small size food aid that I uh, wanted him to to fix. The original owner had kind of um, unbent the the food aid nib, which is uh, you know, just an absolute disaster. But <laughs> but there there you have it. I have a straight food aid nib that doesn't write anymore. So I wanted him to take a look at that, right. but it'll have to wait. It'll have to wait. All right. Uh, what about some uh, listener questions? Should we just talk briefly about Toma River first? Do you want to explain what what's going on there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Toma River. So, um, actually, sometime in uh in two thousand nineteen, Toma River decided that uh they're not going to make. I mean, to um Sakai Technical decided they're not going to make a uh, Toma River anymore, so they're outsourcing to some OEM. Actually, for those of you who have the um the paper sampler, the Yamamoto paper sampler, it actually says that Tomoe River is changing to uh, uh decided to um not produce Tomoe River anymore. So they're outsourcing to this OEM. There's been a lot of drama about how the new Tomoe River has different specs. Um, it shows color differently. It's printed in a different way. I suspect that I have some new Tomoe River books. Um. They're they're okay. It's uh, it's certainly different, but it's not. I'm not going to stop using Tomoe River because of this, and I think the impact in Japan will probably be limited just to Hobonichi. Mm. So, um, if you're using your Hobonichis uh, because of Tomoe River, um, the paper will be changing from 2021. The the company that manufactures, or at least the company that developed this paper originally is not Sakai but a company called uh, Tomogawa Seishisho. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Right. yeah. You must and so this company, this is like a big company that listed on TSC, the first section, and they were actually in the news recently because they had, oh, they were in the financial news because they had developed some kind of environmentally friendly alternative to plastic and the, the stock just skyrocketed for that reason. So, that kind of shows you what what kind of products they're doing. So if you go to their website, you find things like electronics components, you know, optical film for display and stuff like that. But then in the corner of the um, of their product page, they have something called specialty papers. And then you look at specialty sure. papers, and they have a few different types of special specialty papers. And one of them is Tomo River. 
What is interesting about their product description is that they say that they are selling Tomo River as a thin paper for the printing industry. So because it's thin and because you get sort of vivid colors, it's ideal for catalogs and magazines. So you can make very thin magazines and save on shipping costs. That's one of the examples they mentioned. So, 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 yeah. so, I mean, we know, of course, that it is fountain pen friendly, but, but that is, you know, not the property that they are highlighting. That doesn't seem to be um, the in, what, what they optimize for. That seems to be perhaps more of a happy accident. So there are actually th- right. three types of Tom and River paper that they are listing. So they have one called Matt, and, and then they have the second one called Techo, which I think is what we normally call, you know, 52 GSM Tom and River. Hmm. And that's the only paper where they're even mentioning you know, handwriting as a possible application because they're talking about how you can make very thin planners with this paper. Hmm. And then the third one is called Tomo River N, uh, which I believe is the one we call 68 GSM. But, but here again, they are talking about that, um, that this is paper for magazines and catalogs. So I found it interesting how... They're not really selling this as fountain pen friendly. I mean, we know it's fountain pen friendly, but that doesn't seem to be what what they're selling it as. So um, maybe then it's Sakai Technicals uh, technical papers um, branding mm. of uh, of Tomoe River, but on all of the Tomoe River, so I have some loose sheets in front of mm. me. Um, I kind of panic bought a few. Um, bundles yeah. <laughs> of loose sheet but this is the 52 gsm mm. it says uh it says that especially when you write with fountain pens mm. um you get the uh writing experience of wetness mm. and it um doesn't bleed through it doesn't feather mm. and that is the main point of uh, this paper for fountain pens. so so maybe that's the the branding of Sakai Technical mm. rather than Tomoegawa. Yes, yeah, so my understanding is that Sakai Technical Paper is, is Tomoegawa's diary and they are responsible for you know, making products and, 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 and selling the, the paper while right. Tomoegawa... they're the sales channel. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So Tomoegawa probably only developed the paper and then they might be manufacturing it, but it originated at Tomoegawa. Okay, okay. Um... Yeah, so this has been discussed uh, in a lot of different forums. Mm. So you know, suggest you go read those uh, to to get a better handle of what's going on. Mm. But yes, Tomoe River will uh, be different going forward. But so one one thing related to that that I would say is that you know they, they call they call this techo paper, right? And we know that there there are a few other types of techo paper that you can buy in Japan. So you have Stelogy's paper, you have Nolte's paper, you have Designfield's DP paper, and they're not exactly yeah. the same, but they yeah. all have similar properties. That is, they are very thin and they have quite a bit of coating and they all more or less handle ink quite well in the sense that you get kind of nice shading. Wouldn't you say, I mean, I know that you, you prefer Tomo River over DP, for example, but wouldn't you say that they are, you know, belong to the same general category of paper? Um, Jacob, that's a particularly 
difficult question uh, for me to answer because because I don't use any of those papers. <laughs> I I use exclusively to my river. But I think <laughs> if I, I I think that the the paper that came with your plotter notebook, I think that was DP paper. Yes, that um that I do use, mm. and I have to say that it's I think it's a bit thicker. Mm. Uh, it feels a bit thicker, and um, it absorbs faster. So that paper is more developed for the domestic market where dry times are important. So that's why I think uh, Ismada was also pointing to bank mm. because his a lot of his customers probably use bank paper. Mm. That's probably true. So, so he's familiar with bank paper. Um, probably more than than Tom River. Mm. The dry time, I would have to say, in my plotter is is better than Tomer River. It's very quick. Yeah, I would say so too. Um, and also, there's no show through. So Tomer River has a huge problem with show through, that you can see what you wrote when you turn the page, mm. and the DP paper does not. So, so they're good in different ways, but. My my DP paper is uh, more absorbent, so it absorbs my hand oils, and I'm not a fan of that. Um, so when I do write with my DP paper, I always cover my palm. Um, and I, I I'm recently using my old credit card, so the the expired credit cards. I'm just putting them under my mm. my palm and writing with it, and then you know the card is plastic, so it slides uh, as I write. So that's nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm doing something similar. I bought one of those cheap Japanese uh, uh, transparent istajikis, which are you meant to put it mm, be- below, yeah. right? But I'm using that to to cover my my palms for that reason. Yeah, I wanted one as well, but I couldn't find one that didn't have hole punches and that were small. Right, right, right. Yeah, they're they're a bit big usually. That's true. Yeah, so I was like, you know, credit card. Yes. So so yeah, um, that's Tomoe River. We have also an interesting uh, Q&A question. Um, We're running a bit short in time, so let's just try to answer one or two. Yeah, let's do the the retailer one, I would say. Yeah. So so this this question came from Malcolm through uh, foodafan.com. Malcolm says, Hi, Jacob. Thank you very much for Another great fortnightly podcast. I always look forward to the great work that you and CY do. I do have a question in regard to the nature of business being done by Japanese pen shops with the rest of the world. I do realize that many Japanese businesses hesitate to sell Japan uh, Japan domestic market only products directly to overseas buyers, Mm. while certain companies uh, like Wancher and um, Nagasawa sell to overseas buyers and resellers like Pensachi openly advertise these uh, Japan domestic market products on their websites. Is it because of contractual requirements that these uh, Japan domestic market products are not to be sold abroad? Or if the overseas demand for these products are so insignificant that it's not worth their while deal with non-Japanese speaking buyers was wondering what your thoughts were thank you and I will be keeping an eye out for the next release in anticipation thank you for the work 
that you and CY do. Best regards, Malcolm. Well, thank you, Malcolm, for your for your question. It's a it's a very interesting question, and uh, and we brought this question to a retailer so that we can uh, get you um, the best answer. So uh, when we went to Boombox yesterday, we asked about these questions. Um, Jacob, what 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 did Kaurusa say? So if I remember correctly, in general, she can she can sell. Uh, her own pen so that the, these collaborations with for example sailor that has one box branding rather than sailors branding because there's no one else selling yep. products with one with box branding she, she's free to sell that however she wants but she cannot uh, or she's not supposed to sell say you know platinum you know shiun pen or or a pilot pen directly to overseas because, that, because that's it's meant to go through the overseas um, distributors yeah. Um so anything with uh let's say platinum or pilot a sailor's name on the product she can't sell. Yeah. Um and then when she goes to the pension so I think she does San Francisco and she did she did one of the other I think she did like Long Island or something a few mm. years ago. But when she goes to those uh shows she would rather sell the um the exclusives anyways. When it comes to online shopping, though, that's when things get a little bit murky. Officially, they're not supposed to do it, mm. but some stores do. Um, the important thing is to not advertise those products. But if a customer, um, if they send you like a, a message or something or an email, uh, it, some shops are selling it, but it's not... Um, it's not something that the manufacturers want because they have their own distribution network. So when you, I think this doesn't really apply to the J- Japan domestic market um, aspect, but it does uh, apply to the pricing. So, um, you know, you can get an AT3 here much more um, affordably than you can in the States. So the kind of price, uh, let's say gouging by the so-called gray market um amazon japan is hurting their distributors and i suspect that their distributors uh complain about this mm. that's why uh that's why officially um uh tokyo uh tokyo pen shop quill or, or I, I always get that uh name messed up but the the place that you can get the Eight two three with the FA nib are not uh, selling overseas anymore. Yeah, they did that before. I wonder if if that happened around the same time as Pilot added a Vermilion eight four five to their standard production line. I think that those pens are different, though. Um, they're shop exclusive, and that pen is a slightly different trade. Right, but but even if they're not exactly the same, they are. Similar, similar enough, yeah. Yeah, very similar. And yes, that is around that time. But yep. but I'm not sure where that leaves um, uh, sort of forwarders or whatever you want to call them, like Pensace, because they, as far as I know, they buy basically at full retail price from domestic stores and then they just sell them to people overseas. 
I think most of the pens yeah. they sell are like store exclusive. So I, they recently sold Ishimaru Gunkudo's uh, that Gunkanjima pen. All they didn't say it was Ishimaru Gunkanjima pen, but that's what they sold, right? I'm not sure if they are selling, you know, standard production models. I think that's where it otherwise would get a bit more murky. Yeah, um, I think there's nothing that they can really do about uh, companies like Pensaggi mm. because the manufacturers don't have a contract with them. Right. So um, Pensaggi is a reseller. Yeah. So, you know, they, they move volumes because of their great product photography, I think, mm. um, and their uh, recognized name. But they're not the original source, and you can. Um, they're they're always a, a bit expensive as well, I think. So so I think that's the the difference between um, those uh, the the companies, um, the the retailers and Pensachi. So Pensachi is not a retailer. So, um, in other words, Malcolm, yes, you're right. There are some uh, contractual requirements. It might not be directly with the local retailers, but um, some. Uh, contractual requirements uh, from their distributors that don't allow um, pilots or platinums, for example, mm. to be sold overseas, even though um, these products may not be available for um, for that market. So similarly, for example, in Japan, we cannot buy the Manyo inks um, unless we get them overseas. So even if a, a retailer did stock or, or did manage to find um a, a bunch of manyo inks uh we the retailers here will generally not sell um those mm. so um so that's the first part but the second part i think uh why businesses hesitate to sell jdm products or japan domestic market products is um also because a lot of them don't speak english so um, those that do, I find that if you message them, they will generally send to the overseas market. But uh, the vast majority, so we're talking about like, you know, um, uh, Ishimaru Bunkodo and, uh, and the, you know, uh, let's say Usagiya mm-hmm. and, and more smaller uh, companies like this, they might hesitate to sell overseas because they might feel like their English is not um, good enough mm. uh, to to understand or, or to, to do business. So that's a huge, uh, huge thing. Yeah. All right. So again, Jacob, this has been a long episode, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as these tend to be. Um, the next episode will be, of course, in two weeks. So that is the weekend of the eighth. Oh no, that's the weekend of the of the first. Yeah. So unfortunately, we won't be able to talk about the Nagaha Pen Clinic, um, but I'm sure that we'll have some kind of news, some kind of tonal limbs release. By the way, they're doing crazy releases right now, tonal limbs. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely have something exciting uh, lined up for you uh, for the next episode. So thank you very much, everybody. For listening if you haven't already please consider giving us a rating on itunes that helps us rise in terms of the algorithm 
so that more and more people can discover our podcast. So your ratings will help us reach a wider audience. So if you have the time and haven't done it, please consider giving us a rating and writing a review. The review will really help people understand whether this is a podcast that they want to listen to or not. So so please uh, do take the time to to consider doing that and uh, and telling a friend about it. Um, of course, you can always reach us as well at uh, tokyoinklings.com. Uh, that's where we have all the show notes from all the past episodes. So you can go there and check it out. And if we're referencing something in this uh, podcast that uh, we discussed previously, you can always go back and listen to those. Uh, you can find the show notes from the website as well. Uh, my name is CY, and you can find me on uh, Instagram at Tokyo Station Pens or at tokyostationpens.com. And my name is Jacob, and I am Fudafan on Instagram, and I have a blog at fudafan.com. All right, see you next time, Jacob. Bye bye. Yeah.